if that right there is an issue, just pass it over. If, if you can take care of it, go ahead and take care of it. And there you go, it's good. As I want to continue to preach in your hearing uh, from the Word of God, yes, even on a blistering day, by the grace of God, somehow, some way, God's people will be given a way to go on for Him. This is why the old black saints used to say all of the time, God will make a way out of no way. He did it for David. He did it for Moses. He did it for Paul. And he will do it for you. That's why Jesus told you, men ought always to pray and not to faint. That includes women. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how difficult it is, no matter who turns against you, family, friends, and foes, pardon me, it makes no difference. God's people will go on and they will endure until the end. And so by the grace of God, I want to preach in your hearing the grace of God and the second coming of Jesus Christ, the blessed hope, if you are born again, should produce in you changed behavior from your old life to your new life in Christ. At a certain point in your Christian life, you should not have to have anybody to tell you right from wrong and what you ought to do. You know what you ought to do. In order to change your behavior, in your life as a Christian, you can't fake this. You can't manufacture this. You can't uh, try to do this in the flesh. It won't work and for sure it will not last. See, the reason why some Christians quit and say they get tired, the reason why over 50% of the pastors uh, who are hirelings want to quit the ministry is because I believe over 50% have, have, have never been born again. Because if you're truly born again, Jesus can't quit on Jesus. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jesus is the one who has taken up residency in your life if you're saved. Quitting does not come to your mind. 
Oh, you are tempted with all kinds of sins, but uh, there's no serious thought about quitting on Jesus if you are saved. And I am afraid that some of our great theological thinkers of the day, they are constantly trying to make excuses for Christians instead of Christians changing by the grace of God in light of the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is part seven, the second coming chapel message of the week, which we have preached every Saturday for many years now, even before we started counting this series. Number 322, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Again, we have to rebuke some uh, brethren who believe that God saves some and damns others. You just cannot get around that God knows everything. You can't get around that. So don't 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 tell people that you're damned to hell and you're destined for heaven. That's not what the Bible teaches. God is making clear in this passage for the grace of God that bringeth salvation, the salvation from hell through believing in Jesus Christ hath appeared to all men, red, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in God's sight. I thank the Lord for, let me just say this, my daughter, Daniqua, and uh, of course, uh, my technician son, Daniel Ezekiel, and my daughter, Danielle, uh, who helped make all of this happen, as well as all of my other children down through the years. And uh, I thank the Lord, especially for my daughter, Daniqua, who lets us know we are showing up good and sounding good. So that is a blessing. And I'm sure that uh, that's what she is doing right now. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. In this present world. We have people thinking today they can live ungodly in this present world and then uh, zip, bam, boom, they, they're going to be saved and live godly in heaven. I don't think it works that way. You better be living godly down here. You better be with God's help through prayer, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, attending uh, services either online or in person. I saw a church today, they have, uh, uh, they have in person for those who want to risk their lives and uh, online as well. Whatever it takes, you need to meet with the people of God. And you can meet with the people of God online in a very real sense, especially with the churches who have the right kind of programs. 
teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope, or that blessed hope as we call it, and the glorious appearing of the great God in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, on this beautiful Saturday, and Lord, uh, I thank you for the heat, and I thank you, Lord, for the cold, because you bring us through it all. There's a purpose as to why you have the weather to be how the weather is. And some of us complain when it's too cold, some of us complain when it's too hot, because people are not content in you. And they do not understand that it's going to be hotter than this in hell. And uh, uh, the distance that they have between you and them is very cold. The relationship is cold. It is dead because they're dead in trespasses and sins and they need to be saved by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Holy Father God, the battle continues to rage. And uh, because by your grace, uh, we will not quit. And so the devil is against us, constantly fighting against us. Everybody who's standing for your truth and for your holy word and who are preaching your holy gospel and preaching the whole counsel of God. And Holy Father God, we pray and we praise you and thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. We praise you and we thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, as you know, I have been praying for the salvation of my wife, Marika White, for over 34 years. And uh, I thank you for the liberty to pray for her with others. I know that this is not... Uh, the way our uh, sweet evangelical and Baptist and charismatic churches like to do it uh, because the wife is always perfect and always right in our churches today. But there are many who are not saved and who have not been born again. There are many husbands and pastors who are not saved. Uh, Lord, uh, as well, in the church and serving. And we see this in the fallout from the coronavirus plague with over 50% of pastors who want to quit. And that probably means that the wives had quit a long time ago, so-called pastor's wives, 
for when the shiny part of Christianity goes away, the people who are not true Christians go away as well. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray. Uh, I have not seen any evidence of her salvation. And more importantly, uh, my children have not. And uh, it's not the thing she did not do regarding me as far as uh, being willingly submissive and uh, cheerful and joyful help me. But my main concern is that she's never shown the proper love and care for her own children. And uh, there's something wrong somewhere and you have shown me how that she needs to be born again and I have tried to lead her to you many times. But her pride holds on to something that happened in her childhood like it did for me but I was lost. And so, Lord, help others as they hear this tonight not to be concerned about us. My wife is right here with me and serving and helping. Uh, but, Lord, help them to get concerned about themselves. Help them to examine themselves whether or not they be in the faith. Lord, have it to be so that pastors' wives and preachers' wives are not furious and angry at me for praying like this publicly and help them to stop being worried about uh, being exposed themselves by their husbands for after a while by and by uh, that may happen and the truth will come out that the father the husband was not at fault but the wife as you know Lord we found out on yesterday through the news that the state prosecutor uh, in Chicago. Uh, her husband called the police, which she's a part of, for her slapping him. There's a whole lot of evil going on uh, in this world, and it's not always the man's fault. And so, Lord, we pray tonight for the salvation of those who are lost in the church, even the women, and even uh, young people who are religious but lost, and who are church-going and church-serving but not saved. And then, Holy Father God, that you would revive those who are saved. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would continue to shut down hypocrisy, lying, phoniness, and foolishness in the church. And help us to tell the truth and shame the devil. Thank you also, Lord, for giving me the liberty to divulge, Lord, my faults and my failures down through the years, my weaknesses to this very day, and uh, how you had to chastise me, to break me, to make me, to mold me as your child, to have fear of you. And that's the only reason why 
Uh, I have stayed with my wife all of these years, uh, not because I fear her, but because I fear you. And that is the case with most truly born-again Christians. And so, Holy Father God, help us to be real about it. And Holy Father God, I do pray that tonight on this Saturday night, Lord, where it all normally is heated up, uh, meaning how the devil has for 34 years, over 34 years, has used my wife. You are a witness. My children are witnesses from Friday to Saturday to Sunday to try to hinder the church services, to try to hinder the ministry. Uh, only some pastors who are in a similar situation understand this. Only some children who have seen it with their own eyes understand this. It is demonic activity. It is not the sweet little evangelical picture that people want, uh, but that's the reality. And we're finding that out uh, through the funny papers or the serious papers uh, in the lives of pastors and pastors' wives and churches and children and families and uh, across the country and around the globe, the image that they have put forth is not what it really is. So it is time for us to stop lying, stop covering up, stop protecting people and, and enabling people to continue in their evil and their wickedness. Behind the scenes, acting like the devil but in church and around other people acting like an angel and willing to lie on the person who's really doing what is right. And so, Holy Father God, rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, and his demons and his hosts. Lord, from our family tonight and our all other families, our family extended, and all other families that name the name of Christ in this country and around the globe. <clears throat> and Holy Father God, uh, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my wife's heart, mind, soul, spirit, and life. Lord, she never thought that I would have the liberty to pray for her like this as I have been praying for her behind the scenes. She never changed, and you know and she knows I never wanted her to be exposed. She exposed herself when her first two children left. You gave her seven more years with her other children, and she never repented. She confessed. Be, uh, being wrong and doing wrong as a woman, as a wife and a mother, and not loving and caring for her family and her children especially. But she never changed. And you gave her seven more years by your grace with her children. And instead of getting better, she got worse. And to this day, with children still here, She's not showing the love and compassion, motherly care that 
she should show. And they know it. And one of the reasons why uh, I am I'm inclined uh, they're all of, of adult age but uh, I'm inclined to let some go a little bit earlier than usual uh, is because they don't need to be under her and uh, anymore and so Lord I pray that uh, you will pave the way for the other children to move on uh, with their lives as well. I thank you, Lord, for my daughter, Danny, and my daughter, Danita, willing to help them uh, get on with their lives as well. And uh, it's a, a beautiful situation. And uh, Holy Father God, Thank you for giving, giving me the liberty to pray about this openly. I know it's helping many other people. And uh, uh, it's time for them to tell the truth and shame the devil. It's time for husbands who are always castigated and shown as being wrong when that is not the case. Always. Even though men are evil. Uh, and disobedient and foolish acting as well. Uh, they're not always the problem in the marriage and in the family. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that you would give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil, and the demons of hell tonight. Lord, tomorrow, if you should tarry your coming and if you would allow us to live. Uh, Lord, now people know why you have led me to pray the way I pray regarding the rebuking of the devil. I have to pray this way all day long and to try to keep the devil from using Marika White, my wife, and others that she has influenced from hindering your work. And so uh, they understand that now. And I pray that they will do the same if they have a similar situation, for many of them do. Some husbands are bewildered at the Adams family uh, syndrome that they have in their family. And, but the Brady Bunch look at church. They need not be bewildered anymore. They need to step up and focus on praying in private or in private for no uh, godly man wants his wife to be exposed that's just not what you have put in our hearts to do uh, but uh, I thank you for giving me the liberty to pray the way I'm praying after 34 years I pray now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would save those who are lost Revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving. And let your will be done from this time on. Glorify your holy name. 
lift up your holy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Now, as I have said before to you, this is more for you than it is for my wife. She's not hearing anything new. My children are not hearing anything new. She doesn't like the fact that it is public. I've been praying for her like this for 34 years when I found out that she was just religious and lost and never had a heart for God or the ministry. I know that sounds foreign, but uh, we have found out this is the case in the church. The reason why we're under chastisement right now is we have tolerated this evil in the church and now we have pastors and churches who call themselves inclusive churches. Like the other churches have never been inclusive. Inclusive churches means today that you allow homosexuals, listen to me, transvestites, practicing homosexuals, so-called married with a certificate, those who are not married, so they're committing homosexuality and fornication and adultery. When we won't allow Deacon Smith to have a girlfriend on the side, we tar and feather him. And the homosexuals will clap him right outside the door. Right out the door. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a cheater. Ah, see, he's a cheater. And Deacon Smith is a hypocrite. He's a cheater. And, and here you got the abomination couple in your church. And that's what the churches are, uh, are doing. And that's what people like Anthony, I mean, uh, Andy Stanley, are leading pastors and churches to do. To this day. That sounds so good, doesn't it? Inclusive churches. Uh, Churches have always been inclusive. But we draw the line at any sin and all sin and all abominations. And that's why we're we're under severe chastisement and calamities and rebuke and uh, plagues of long continuance. The Bible talks about, and we don't like it. Well, nobody likes being chastised, but and and, and we have the happy talk <coughs> Christian pastors, so-called, and the happy talk politicians, and the happy talk people who want to deny, according to your numbers, over one hundred, over one million people dying. Now you know people are talking about you know, you, people, you people are dwelling too much on the coronavirus. Nobody's dwelling on the coronavirus plague, man. Have you lost your mind? Now here's the question: Did over uh, did over one million people die of the coronavirus plague? Huh? In the church, many of them, probably half of them, from the church, for taking the Lord's supper unworthily. Pastors giving the Lord's supper unworthily. No, no. I just have a one fundamental question to you: it, 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 Those of you who 
saying that people are dwelling on the coronavirus plague so much. It's not that big of a deal. And all. Have you lost your mind, your righteous mind? No, because I have one question. Is it true, according to your numbers, the numbers of the CDC, which are lies, is more like 3 million to 4 million people in America have died and they know it. And they'll tell you that in about 2 or 3 years. When you're not thinking about it. But just going by your numbers, over 1 million people have died from the coronavirus plague. Uh, is that true? Within... We can't help but think about that, man. Uh, don't talk stupidly <coughs> and foolishly. You need to be thankful you're still alive. And now here comes uh, monkeypox. And it's growing. Dr. John MacArthur said, while men's behavior... becomes less and less controlled. The very movement of history is under the sovereign control of God Almighty, who is moving it inexorably exactly to the point which he has predetermined. God is in control. And that is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blessed hope. In between the time you have truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and by the grace of God and the second coming of Christ, the blessed hope, God expects you to grow and change and learn how to fear Him and to obey Him. God wants you to, as a disciple, practice discipline and do what is right, whether you feel like it or not. It's kind of like how I didn't feel like exercising today, particularly as hot as it is. I prayed and asked God to help me to do something that I didn't feel like doing, but I feel good about it after I have done it, and that is to exercise. I needed to do it. I feel better when I do it. I hardly ever want to do it, but... Uh, I asked God to help me to do it and he did obeying the Lord is similar not the same but similar there are things in your flesh that you don't want to do like pray don't lie tell the truth and shame the devil look at me real good you know you don't all the time you don't want to do the practice the discipline of praying that's why you have so much devilment in your life and in your family. You better pray and ask God to cast the devil out of your family. Now, this, this thing of me praying about my wife and uh, my wife, Marika White, who's standing right here serving, is nothing new with us. I remember when we had our first apartment and we had a card table as our dinner table. 
You know, the little folding card playing tables. I went down to Kmart when she was in business and got a card table. In fact, we went back in those days to Kmart all of the time. And two folding chairs. And she started acting like the devil, which I had never seen, had never seen before we got married, which is normally the case. And I told her to her face, I said, listen to me real good. I said, uh, I believe uh, in how Jesus uh, dealt with demons. I believe in casting them out. So, uh, get your act together. And that's what I told her way back. I mean, could not have been no more than one month, two months into the marriage. We, we're not gonna, I'm not going to be tolerating that uh, attitude in spirit. Uh, your daddy and your mommy might do that, but I'm not doing it. You're not going to be doing that here. And you're not going to disrespect me in no way, shape, form, or fashion. I know that's not uh, how the modern pastors teach you and the wife can just do whatever she wants. Not with me, because uh, no, uh, you don't need to be here. If you're not willing to do what I tell you. And you're not willing to be a helpmeet. And serve. Uh, like you're supposed to serve. So that's how I've been praying for over 34 years. If she act like the devil. The devil must be in her. And so Lord, I, I pray. Uh, Lord cast the devil and the demons of hell out of her. I, that, that's, that's, that's been going on from the first month of the marriage. In other words, people who are saved ought to act like they're saved, not by trying so much as by being. You have Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. And I explained this to you last week. I'm not going to dwell on that today. I don't have the time. I have to go. Uh, I'm not going to deal with that today. You understand that if you have Jesus living in on, living on the inside of you, He's going to direct what you do. And He has many tools to work with to get you to understand that uh, I bought you with a price and I am your Savior and Lord and God. And uh, I, if you don't do it on your own, I will help you to understand, to fear me, to respect me, to submit to my leadership, and to obey me. This is the reality for all true born-again Christians. Uh, uh, he's got a hold on you, if you're saved. Now, he talked about people who are religious but not saved. And so the only solution for them is to realize that they're not saved, accept the fact that they're not saved, and get saved. Now, beloved, in our last message in this series, uh, we looked at how we are to recognize God's grace in salvation in light of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ or the blessed hope. Our big point number two, and I'm not going to, pro I, I probably will not be able to finish this tonight. But get this. 
we are to, as born-again ones, we are to deny ungodliness. Now, here's, what, here, here's how God helps you and how Jesus helps you and the Holy Spirit helps you. If ungodliness does not bother you, listen to me very carefully, there's something wrong somewhere inside your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. If the ungodliness you used to do before you got saved does not bother you, if the music you used to listen to and jam jam boogie boogie to that has evil lyrics, ungodly lyrics, and they don't bother you, they don't cause some kind of reaction on the inside. And there and I agree there are some songs in our past that have great lyrics. And, and there's nothing evil about it. But that which is ungodly and, uh, and goes against God and Jesus and the Word of God, it's going, I'm, not, I'm, not going, I'm not saying you need to pump yourself up to be against it. You're going to be against it because of Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. As I explained last week, it's not about you. It's all about Jesus. If you have believed in him and received him as your savior, you're going to deny ungodliness. And worldly lusts. By the grace of God that has provided us with the gift of salvation. We must, by God's grace, reform our behavior our actions now in this present world. Now, I went in detail last week. I'm not going to do it this week because it's a combination of you and God. <clears throat> I mentioned how that really is 99% God and 1% you or less for real though, is all God. However, God recognizes your free moral agency. God's going to tell you not to do something through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's up to you to choose not to do it and receive His help in not doing it. Okay? Only God understands this mystery the way he has it set up. I know I have experienced it. I know, have, I know other Christians have experienced it. And I know when somebody has it and when somebody doesn't. Because see, if you are a person that somebody got to come behind you all the time and tell you what to do, there's something wrong as far as being obedient. They got to come by and tell you that it's wrong? No, see, a true born-again Christian may do something wrong, but they're going to agree with God that it is wrong. They knew it was wrong before they did it. God uh, rebuked them and, and, and convicted them about it before they did it, while they were doing it, and certainly afterwards. Watch this. Do you recognize this idea right here? Do you recognize 
uh, these feelings and these emotions, what I'm getting ready to say to you right now, watch this. Here it is. Don't miss it. Do you feel like a low-down dog scum uh, 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 under conviction uh, pain on the inside, real pain on the inside of your soul when you do something evil afterwards? Do you feel that way? If you, if you say, mm, not me, I, 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 you know, it's all grace and everything. No, 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 no. You have not been born again, my friend. If you can lie to somebody and you have no guilt and keep your eyes wide open and lie about it again and swear on God's name that you, uh, you didn't do it, if that does not bother you, you're lost and on your way to a devil's hell, I assure you. Any sin, even a lie, uh, or lusting after somebody, you got to catch yourself. And turn your head and, and, and you, something on the inside says, you know, that's wrong. Don't linger with that right there. That's the Holy Ghost of God. Don't steal that. That's not yours. That's the Holy Ghost of God. Yes, your conscience is well and everything. God's going to bring everything to bear on the inside to keep you from evil and cause you to uh, bust fellowship up with him. Because he wants to continue to fellowship with you. But he can't fellowship with you uh, living in sin and doing sin in his sight. We should no longer continue in sin, but turn away from sin by denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. First John, one of my memory verses when I was a young Christian. John 2, verses 15 and 7 through 17. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Having been saved by God's grace, we must now put off the old corrupt man or woman and the deceitfulness and the deceitful lusts that we previously indulged in with gusto and put on the new man by God's power, by God's grace. Dr. Adam Clark said, Ungodliness is all things contrary to God. See, and see, if you're truly born again and saved, nobody has come around after a while, by and by, after you've gotten through the baby stages and explain that to you and show you the evil that you're doing. You already know about the evil that you're doing. I have told men for years, Christian men, many of them who got caught looking at pornography at church, 
I, and then they want to cry, uh, I'm an addict. No, you're not an addict. You just want to have sex. And you're not having it, evidently, because you wouldn't be sitting here looking at other people have sex. It's not. It is a sin against God because you're lusting after people. And you're doing something else that you ought not to be doing with that. It's not, it's not an addiction, sir, if you're born again, if you're saved. It might be an addiction for a lost person, maybe. But the godly Christian person, the person who is saved and born again, they're going to say, uh, on the inside, something on the inside, somebody on the inside, they're going to say, you can't look at that, don't, don't look at that. And they're going to agree with God that it is wrong and evil. And they're going to feel extremely guilty about doing so, and nasty, and dirty. That's all designed by God to keep you from doing it. And if you don't like that feeling, and that pain, you're going to quit doing that. This is why I say to all of these so-called evangelical Christian leaders holding seminars and writing books on how to get out of porn addiction, I say, let them watch it. Are you crazy? Let them watch it. Get rid of their accountability partners. Because they don't mean anything. They're probably looking at pornography too. So forget that. Forget that. Uh, don't tell me about no accountability partner. Uh, you have an accountability partner. His name is Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God. Deep down on the inside. You trust God. You people in leadership worried about men getting, and you wives worried about men uh, getting uh, uh, addicted to porn. You want to go run to the pastor. My husband is addicted to porn. Baby, what are you doing? Huh? See, with a man in most cases, unless he is a, a young man with many temptations, uh, but with a man, if you do your job, honey child, you don't have to worry about that man looking at pornography. Because that urge comes, and if you take care of that urge, you'll be just fine. God made you. If you will. And I'm getting ready to make all my sweet evangelical friends mad at me again. If you will, honey, you're his porn. You be that. And you be ready to have sex with him when he gets ready. He may not be thinking about it. When he gets off of a hard day's work, but then he sees how that skirt or that nightgown falls on your hips, and then he's 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 gone. He's he 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 needs some help. Oh, pastor, preacher, you are not to talk like that in church. Well, that's the problem. You people are doing it in church with your little swinging clubs and your adultery and fornication and side pieces. You're, all, you're doing it. You don't talk about it. You're doing it. That's the problem. It needs to be preached against in the church. That's why you can't go to the church building tomorrow. Your church has closed down because God shut it down because you tried to turn the church house into a whorehouse. You're not having sex with your wife, not having sex with your husband, you're trying to have sex with an uh, uh, image on, 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 on the computer screen, and then you try to have sex with somebody in the church. Because you're horny. Because you, you, you people are not, you're married, but you're not doing what married people ought to be doing all of the time.
And that's all right. Your children need to hear it too in the church. You, you want me to be quiet, but you are doing the evil that I'm preaching against. No, let them watch it. If they can listen to me, listen to me very carefully. I'm going to say that I have to go. They, if, if a man or woman can look at pornography for hours on end, masturbating and hiding it and covering it up, and no conviction, it does not bother them. They enjoy it. Listen to me very carefully. They are lost and on their way to a devil's hell. A devil's hell. That's all there is to that. They have never been. They have never been saved. Whatever would lead us to doubt his being, deny any of his essential attributes, his providence or government of the world and his influence on the souls of men, it is also everything which is opposed to his true worship. Theoretical and practical atheism, deism, and irreligion or unbelief in general. Worldly lusts are such sinful desires, affections like pornography and appetites as men are governed by who have their portion in this life and live without God in the world. Gluttony, yes, that's a sin of Christians, just like adultery and fornication. And have I been guilty of it? Yes. Drunkenness? No. Lasciviousness, anger, malice, and revenge, together with the immoderate love of riches, power, and fame. And here's where I wanted to get to, and I'm going to close at this point. I'm going to try my best. If you didn't hear anything else I said, please hear this. God's grace does not give us a license to sin, but the power to put away sin. May I repeat that? I want you to get that. God's grace does not give us a license to sin, but the power to put away sin. One more time. God's grace does not give us the license to sin or a license to sin, but the power to put away sin in our lives. As you grow old in the Lord, you ought to be growing in your hatred of sin, especially your own sin. As you grow old in the Lord, you ought to be growing closer to God in agreeing with Him that sin is bad and destructive for your life, for the life of your family members, and for everybody else. And I'm going, I'm going to cut it short right there. Now, the grace of God has been made known to everybody. And if you have not taken advantage of the grace of God, that is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to do that tonight. In order to do that, my dear friend, 
understand with me that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. God's Ten Commandments, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. That means that you're going to die and the reason why you're going to die is because of sin. And if God will allow you to die and leave this beautiful ball called earth, he will allow you to go to hell because of your sins, to pay for your sins in the torments and in the pain of hell if you don't believe in his son Jesus Christ and believe his gospel that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day to save you from hell. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. He said in one of his mighty sermons on hell, in Mark chapter 9, verses 43 through 48, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life, that is, eternal life in heaven, with God and Jesus Christ, maimed, than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life, than having two feet, to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. You say, well, preacher, with this heat, I feel like I'm in hell right now. You're not in hell. This is heaven compared to hell, my dear friends, for you. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, or causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye, and then having two eyes, to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. So hell is bad news, my dear friend, but I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ said the most important words ever said to mankind, when he said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray and ask him to save you. I will, to save your soul, I will lead you in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe your gospel that you suffered, you bled, and you died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. 
Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And help me to repent of my sins. And to follow you in the new life. Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I pray. Amen. Dear friends. May God bless you and may God keep you. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow as the music plays. Let's pray our final prayer. Holy Father God, thank you for this time together. Receive all glory to your name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. <laughs>